Evening, folks. Welcome along once again to the Irish F1 show. Busy week on the Irish F1 show front. Uh, as always, we're in association with PFT. Travel safely, on time, every time. P. Farrell Transport Limited on Facebook. Go check them out. Rapco, shout out for them as well. This uh, lovely new sign and new backdrop you see behind us there, uh, it eventually arrived down. So thanks to uh, uh, Keith Rabbit for uh, sorting it out, especially in time for uh, our big interview yesterday with Lee McKenzie, which is now on uh, YouTube. It's on all Spotify platforms and I went out on Facebook and Twitter yesterday as well. A real pleasure to chat to Lee McKenzie. I'm going to bring in Richard Carney. How are you, sir? Good evening, Kev. How are you? Not too bad. Buzzing after yesterday. I still can't quite believe that in our debut season, we got someone of uh, Lee McKenzie's stature to come on the Irish F1 show. Really, really enjoyed the interview, Richie. And what a sound woman. Just an absolute lady. Yeah, watch the interview, Kevin. Um, fair, cool are you, in fairness. You instigated the whole thing. And what an interview, my man. I have to give you 12 out of 10 for top job. Um, you know, if as Ryan much Kruger as it kills you out, to say it, Richie, as much as no, it kills you to say it. No, it doesn't kill me. It doesn't kill me. <laughs> I, 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 Ryan Tuberty, watch out. Kevin Regan's coming. If I got half Ryan Tuberty's money, I'd be happy enough. I'd even take a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, top job, Kev, start bet you. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I suppose, Richie, a real landmark moment for the Irish F1 show. I mean, if we were told at the start of the year that someone of that stature would be on, we'd be, we'd be pretty pleased. So, uh, sign of progress, no doubt. We wouldn't have fucking believed him if, if someone had told us that. So, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, Inside F1 is out. It did get released yesterday. It's on Amazon and in all good bookshops. I've heard it's in some rubbish bookshops as well, but it's available everywhere, <laughs> basically. It's a crack and read. You can see it behind us. It, it forms part of our backdrop. Some great stories indeed. Um, it's, I suppose, if you haven't, if you haven't been made aware of it just yet, uh, Lee McKenzie talks about the experiences that she's had with seven top top f1 drivers including lewis hamilton including sebastian vettel michael schumacher incredible insight there uh, we did touch upon things a little bit briefly yesterday uh without giving the whole book away but it is a very very good read indeed and definitely would recommend picking up a copy of it uh richie i have a couple of clips from uh, the interview yesterday and i might just uh, give one a blast uh, I have the the one with uh, Eddie Jordan and the boisterous nature of, uh, I suppose, breaking that news regarding Lewis Hamilton when he went to uh, Mercedes from McLaren. So I suppose for anyone that's maybe just uh, coming to us here this evening, uh, here's a little flavour of how this went yesterday. Lewis Hamilton, like, there's, there's a lot actually on, on Lewis Hamilton here, but I suppose the mad ending to 08 is a standout. But the one I wanted to get into, and obviously being the Irish F1 show, there's an Irish connection. When Eddie Jordan you know, had kind of broke the story about Lewis going to Mercedes. It wasn't, yeah. I suppose, to be, I suppose, common knowledge. Um, he no. was obviously very well tipped off and uh, it was a big gamble to take, I suppose, to break it, was it? Yeah, and Eddie is a great, great friend of mine. But there's a lot of chaos that goes with EJ. And when he came out with this, we were a bit like, what, what is, what did you mean? So this was in, in, um, Monza in Italy and he said I know it we need to say it now the BBC's policy is you've got to have two sources um and we were looking around and we couldn't really ask anyone and Eddie was because of his connections to everyone and he's always still been doing deals in the background and helping drivers move around and was you know obviously very close with Bernie um 
and AJ was adamant. And in the end, we broke the story and everyone hated us. McLaren were furious, uh, like absolutely furious because they thought that they had Lewis and Mercedes were furious because what it meant was that if Lewis was going there, then either Lewis or Nico were going to have to leave the team. Um, so, yeah, I think that just uh, everyone just couldn't believe it. It just seemed so far-fetched at that time because there other, had been other teams mentioned, but Mercedes was never one of those teams. It was a Red Bull or Ferrari or whatever, mm. but never Mercedes. So, uh, yeah, EJ, he, he dines out in it still, and quite rightly so. There you go. Just a flavour of uh, yesterday's uh, interview. That quote I borrowed, by the way, was obviously very much tongue-in-cheek. Uh, it's one that uh, Tim Lovejoy used to use on, on Soccer AM. It's available in all good shops now and some rubbish ones as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was quite a good one. So uh, we, we give Tim Lovejoy the reference for, for that particular one. Um, yeah, look, the man himself was was mentioned there, Eddie Jordan. Richie, that's someone we're definitely going to have to try get on for a chat at. Uh, at some point, he's now featuring in our intro video as well. Now, look, as I said yesterday, I'm no Steven Spielberg or anything, right? But I think it was a little bit better than the previous static image we had with some music playing for 20 seconds. I like it. I know, like it. Think top job, caveats. Um, listen, it's processed it up a bit, and and on the EJ or as as Lee calls him or Eddie Jordan as us Irish know, it wouldn't be a big job getting him on here. I think the biggest job we'd have is getting him off here. To be honest with you. <laughs> No, definitely, definitely something we'll, we'll target. Um, it's worth noting as well that in the next couple of weeks we will have a big interview with someone who was involved in negotiating a deal for Haas. So we're looking forward to to bringing that to you as well. Keep an eye on our social pages at Irish F1 Show over the next number of weeks. We have obviously a few races to, to go back through and all, so we don't want to blow all the the content straight away. But uh, yeah, definitely in the next few weeks we'll have that one released. Okay, Richie. So. Singapore at this particular point nearly seems like a distant memory, uh, considering the press conference today and the news emerging during the week. Um, I know the budget talk kind of did come out last weekend and fuel has been kind of added to that slightly. But the, the long and short of it is that I think Monday we can expect a, a decision to be made. So before we do delve into to Singapore, is there any great substance in this, do you think, regarding the whole budget talk and will it come to anything in the end? Um, I think the whole budget thing um, over the Singapore race weekend, I, I think it, it overshadowed what should have been a Formula 1 race. Um, it took centre stage instead of the race. Um, some of the comments made by by uh, you know, Christian Horn or Toto Wolf, some of the team principals, very interesting over the Singapore weekend, but I, I'd be more interested in like this this is like revenue giving you an audit on your business. You know what I mean? And and um I'd love to know how this story got leaked to the media to start with, like like this that surely should be top, top secret, like I mean you know, how how does something like that get out there and whoever put it out there not 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 be brought to ransom for it? Um, that that's one thing. Um, on your other question on the budget cap, no penalties will be handed out to no teams. No, like we we kept hearing hearing Christian Horner over the weekend, and, and and like it's it's an extraordinary brand new set of rules. And and listen, sure, obviously we're going to barely, you know. It'd be very hard to keep to within the budget to within a couple of pound if you'd like to 
Goma, he's saying. So every team, I'd imagine, has gone over their budget. There, like, there's a reason it's being put back to Monday. Um, and one of the reasons being they want to get Suzuka out of the way and not let this be or hope that this is not the centre point of another race weekend. And two, I think they're just giving the teams another couple of days to get their fucking ducks in the line. And, and I can't see much coming out of this, to be honest with you. Not not, not this season, anyway. Hmm. Because I know some of the comments that have been made you know, in, in the press conference and all have indicated that you know, one particular headline read, hope for Lewis Hamilton. Um, because they're referring back to last year's season, which obviously was so, so tight, Max Verstappen become world champion. And they've always made it, like, I suppose, almost made it sound like that there is big hope. But, you know, even if something does come of it, it will probably go down the appeals route. And then, you know, it's 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 back to, a, what do you call it, the, the status quo, isn't it? Yeah, no, not, Max won't lose his world title, not at all. Um, I you know, I think the worst we'll see happen now this is teams getting a slap on the wrist and maybe a couple of fines here and there, which should impact our next season's budget. But if you're dealing with the greatest minds, brainiest people in the world, and Ferrari, I suppose, but they'll probably get caught out, Ari. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but nah, listen. These guys ain't going to get cut out in something so simple as that, you know. I mean, you could have the stringiest of an auditor in there with those guys. I mean, you know, like when you see the things they do with the race cars and on race weekends, and you know, not I can't see, but honest with you, I listen, I could be proven wrong, I don't think I will be, but I can't see too much coming out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, look, we'll, we'll see how things progress over the next few days and see is there any more leaks coming or, or pending or anything like that but in regards know, that's to probably, that's probably not the answer you wanted to hear like like just quenching the oh, fire but... i just want i just want to hear your opinion it doesn't matter whether i want to hear it or not um and that's the longest short of it so uh you know when we're touching back on on japan next week at some point or whatever we'll uh you know we're probably best to hold off until after monday anyway because that news will emerge so whenever we do yeah. decide to do our Japan review, then we can decide whether uh, Mr. Carney was, was right or wrong. But anyway, back back to Singapore. So let's talk about the rain first. Uh, actually, before we do that, I just thought, wow, what, what a spectacle. Like, it was so badly missed. It's just an amazing backdrop. I know not everyone is a fan of these type of circuits or whatever, but it just looks so fucking cool in comparison to a lot of other races of a similar nature. Or is there any race really of a similar nature? I think it's unfair to even make a comparison because for me, it just looks savage. No, it's 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 proper, it's 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 proper circuit. It's proper night race. It's concrete walls. It's unforgiving. It's it's exactly what a race circuit should be. And and in the backdrop and and the lights and the nighttime, like that, like it's it's special. It's very very special. In fairness, it's. You know, I, I, as I said before, I, I, I'm not a massive fan of Monaco as such. It's a spectacle, blah, blah, blah. But some of these modern day circuits, I'm, I'm certainly not a fan of. You know, it lets the driver off the hook too easy. But Singapore doesn't. You get it wrong in Singapore and you're, you're, you're hooked, you're basically. Good. And the only, the only corner that 
can't remember what, what number corner or it could have been 14, where if you want to try to be brave, you have a little bit of runoff where you, you've seen a couple of drivers over the weekend use that runoff because it's the only place on the circuit where you can actually be a little bit braver because other than that, you're off, you're out, you know, concrete everywhere. It's, 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 it's one of those circuits that should be, you know, made permanent on the fixtures. Mm-hmm. So what's the crack with the rain? Uh, we saw Esteban Ocon put up um, a very enjoyable post on social media. Believe it or not, we do have wet tyres, is what I went along the lines of. Um, what is the story? I can only assume, you know, they've gone on the safety route. Is insurance, like, an issue? I wouldn't have thought so, in comparison to maybe here in Ireland with certain sports where, uh, you know, things are, are quite delicate at times. What, like... Why? Why not? Like, what's what's the story? What, what has changed, and why has it changed? I just I just can't get my head around this. And if Barry was here, he'd totally agree with me. Like, I mean, if twenty of the best drivers in the world running in the most sophisticated cars ever to be produced anywhere on the best tires that any race series could ask for, and I'm I'm just going to have a stab and a guess at this, and someone will probably correct me. Like, but I haven't seen an F1 car on full wets on a race circuit in maybe two seasons. Like, I I can't be 100 percent sure. I'm only guessing. Like, but why it cannot start? Like, I understand health and safety, and nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. That's the last thing any of us want. For spectators of the sport. Certainly, no one don't want to see anyone get hurt. Don't want to see bad accidents. Blah blah blah. But start the race, guys. Start. Put the full <laughs> wets on. Like they, they delayed the start that much that each every car had to start on intermediates. Like what? Start the race. Get it going. I mean, you know that, that's what they're getting paid. The big millions they're getting paid to do is race cars. Like in the city, like. I'll finish on this very quickly. The series I race in here in Ireland, we have one tyre, whether it's wet or dry. Right? Wet or dry, we use the one tyre. And let mm-hmm. me tell you, when it's wet, that tyre does its best to kill you every <laughs> second it gets a chance to. Right? But yeah. whether it's monsoon rain, drizzle, or no fucking rain, we have to start. Our race starts regardless. So, I mean, we're amateurs in an amateur sport. And we're expected to go and race in those conditions. These are the best guys in the world spending billions and billions and billions of euros or dollars, whatever they're spending. Get get out and race, lads. Come on, grow up here and let's go. Like, Would it be fair to say that most of them probably do want to go out and go? And I would just... say maybe half of them, Kevin. Right, And I did think about that and I thought, given a choice, Max would definitely go. Um, Charles would definitely go. Carlos, definitely go. Lando, definitely go. Lewis, don't think so. Um, Ocon? probably go. George Russell would go. Uh, Fernando, definitely go. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, definitely go. So, like, and then you're just starting to get into the like the weaker teams and, and maybe the newer comers. To the, like, honestly, I believe Mick Schumacher will give him the chance he'd go. Um Latifi, I can understand delaying his start and things like that. Just leave him off the grid until it dries up because he'll only stop at one way or the other. But um, 
Just lay him off anyway, that's you. <laughs> no, yeah, in, yeah. in fairness, right, this is probably the worst question I ever could have put about anyone on this, right? But Latif, you're Mazepin, who is uh, the more, I suppose, uh, you know, I won't say who's had the more the more uh, catastrophes, right? But misdemeanors. I don't know what the stats are on it, but is it unfair to compare the two? I'll tell you what I'll do. Latifi, for me, for the simple reason he he's he has had a couple of decent results. To be fair to him, and he hasn't always been the guy to cause the red flags and things. And listen, yeah, if I was to choose, I'd keep Latifi. And definitely don't let that Mazepin lad anywhere back near the grid. Right. Okay. We'll finish. We'll finish on that one. Right. Um. We'll talk about Checo. He's uh I think there's only is there only a point now between himself and Leclerc in the in the standings. Right. Yeah, I think it yeah, I think there's only a point in it and um geez, what a drive from Checo. I say Checo mm. like you know. It is, like what a oh, drive. we're kind of forgetting there was a little bit of controversy about this, right? Um because it, it, as I said to you, there's so much that happening, it seems like a few weeks ago anyway. But he was basically told you gotta to speed up because there's a chance of a five second penalty coming. He speeds up, wins by what, I think seven? And yeah. lo and behold, the the what do you call it? The reprimand goes out, as the fella said, and he's still safe. I mean, fair play at all. Ah, Jeff, absolutely. I mean, the word, the penalty he got was very harsh anyway. Um, considering conditions and stuff like that. You take all that into account, I thought the penalty against him was very, very harsh anyway. Um he didn't drop Ben Carlin's from the safety car for any more than a couple of seconds, like so. But, but rules are rules; they have to be adhered to. Um, like for to be leading the race, and then then your your engineer comes across the radio and says, "You listen, check out. You're going to have to speed up here, man. You have a five second penalty." Well, I, I don't think they actually told him about the penalty, but they just came on the radio and said, "Listen, you're going to have to up the pace." Like Jesus, fair play to him. I didn't like. We could all see what was going on watching it on the tele on the television, and we knew he was probably going to get this five second penalty, but it hadn't been confirmed yet. So for him to be leading that race in those conditions, and then turn around and pump in another half a second a lap quicker, have that in his pocket to spare, like Jesus, what going? What? What? Like I understand the car is amazing, but. In those conditions, with a thousand horsepower at your right foot, like no great traction control per se, and to pull a half a second a lap for your last fucking ten or fifteen laps to get more than five seconds clear, man, what a drive! What a, the best drive of his life. Mm-hmm. Very popular as well. I I really like Checo. I think he's such a likable character, Veras though. You know, and he's he's got the raw end of a few things this year, you know, earlier in the season where he's had to make way. And, you know, that, w- that wouldn't be nice. But um, he's, you know, like, you have to go back to, even just go back as far as Abu Dhabi and look what he did that time in Delane Hamilton. Like, he's just been absolutely brilliant. And it's unfortunate now with the calibre of drivers, and he is a serious uh, calibre driver, but just the team he's in with Max being there, it's unlikely that, You'll ever probably see him win a, a world title. And maybe I'm wrong in saying that, but I just don't see it myself. And um, 
like all the other drivers that's there, there's, there's future world champions, which we've touched upon in, I think, maybe our first episode or possibly our, our second ever episode. But like, if you were to look on that grid and say, there's a man so deserving of a world title, he's one guy I'd definitely be saying anyway. Ah, he is, he is, in fairness. Like, he sort of needs, he needs a, an Nico Rosberg here, really and truly, where Max has to have some horrible luck. Checo needs to like capitalize on every little thing he can. You know, it's it's about the only way. Could you call it will. like uh it's probably like the, the nature of how it happened isn't isn't fair, I suppose, but people will understand what I mean by the context of an Irvine year. Yeah, yeah, to a point. Like you would always like Ferrari with Irvine, you would always say Red Bull at always support Max regardless. They'll always come back and support Max. But if he could if he could somehow put that team in a situation where they have it, has to spin around. It, it has to spin around. Like Checo is leading the championship by twenty five odd points and he's now put himself on pole position again. Like like as you said Irvine or like Nico Rosberg in recent years against Hamilton, where like he forced the team's hand and he actually fucking forced Hamilton, Hamilton's hand, which meant, yeah, fair enough. It, it put a big divide and a big split down the team. But, you know, if you want to win a world title, sometimes you have to be the cunt, basically. <laughs> Call it fairly straight. Call it fairly straight, as always. Uh, Singapore, then. So, Perez, Leclerc, Sainz, Norris, Ricardo. Um, and that probably segues us into other stories right from from this before we before we get to japan and one particular headline reads as follows even though i don't think it has been confirmed but well well, i'll grab this here now on on the express.co.uk red bull chief christian horner gets one over mercedes by signing lewis hamilton reserve now this is in relation to nick devries and judging by the press conference earlier there doesn't seem to be anything arranged. So if this were to be true and this was to come off, how how do you view this particular one? It would definitely be an interesting one, wouldn't it? Yeah, yes. Um, damn thing. I, I don't believe that for one minute. I don't know. Paper never refused ink, I suppose. But I, I don't believe that. For, I don't believe Toto Wolf had let that happen for one minute, to be honest with you. Like, he's... He's nurtured this guy and he's brought him all the way up through his career. Um, and he was impressive when he got his chance. Absolutely impressed with him. Like, I mean, if if Nick DeFries don't sign for AlphaTari or Williams for next season, um, I'd say the season after, he'll be Hamilton's replacement without a doubt. That's just my thoughts on it. Mm. So, like, obviously, there's big speculation that you know regarding the, the change around at Alphatauri that this this is obviously in relation to that too. I should have said that really from the get go. It sounded like he's going to Red Bull, but it is in relation to to Alphatauri, of course. And there is an awful lot of change going on anyway in general. But yeah, that would really be a, a turn up for the books. Just going through some of the the other headlines. Um, you know, I don't think there's much substance in any of them. I think a lot of it is just rumour that's, you know, a bad way. And occasionally some people tend to treat that as fact and uh, and run with it. And that's not something I'm ever 
a fan of. But we'll bring it back to Japan, basically, <laughs> and what Max has to do to become world champion for a second time. It might only be his first time, Richie, if they take the, the thing back off him on Monday, but I don't know what as we already said. But uh, basically, if he wins and gets a fastest lap, he will guarantee himself world championship status for 2022. That's the plain, simple, long and short of it. Does last week come into the conversation here or is this a blank canvas once more? Um, Just to touch on last week, he, he, I thought he underperformed a lot. Um, I know he got stuck in a DRS train. And he was, you know, everyone was expecting him to blitz through the pack and thought that those conditions didn't help him. And, you know, the, the wet is a great equaliser. You know, it doesn't really matter how much power you have when it's wet. It's about... And then you take the factor in that he, he can't really do that stupid. So moving on to Suzuka, um, really strong chance he'll win it here, Kev. You know, win the race and fastest lap. How many times has he done that already this season? Mm. Yep, it's familiar territory. In fairness, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. Really like, it's, it's hard to believe it's been it's been kind of you know not different to Singapore sometime before. You know, we've seen a, a Suzuka race, and Richie, I, I have great memories of Suzuka. I remember getting up at a stupid o'clock, or you know, I was at Schumacher Hacking in '98, was it? I think it was '98, and yeah, um, you know, obviously, didn't as a Schumacher fan, and uh, you being nicknamed Schumacher didn't quite turn out well in the end, but uh, that that season, I, I have such fond memories of that season in general because so much happened, basically, and a lot happened the year after too. But they were epic battles. And that's one standout of, of Suzuki. But go back to the late 80s, early 90s, and go back to your Senna and Prost battles. We've had some serious showdowns at this place down through the years. And it's just mad that, you know, it's not the it's not the last race anymore. It's kind of obscure, yeah. really. Because for so long, this is where the curtain was being drawn down. And uh, that was obviously all changed. I was actually amazed that it was taken off the calendar, to be honest, because it's one of those iconic circuits as well. Um, but yeah, when you think back of what happened at Suzuka, and I just I happened to be watching a thing today, it was so cool. It was um, Burton Senna's pole lap in 89, put on top of Sebastian Vettel's pole lap from 2019, and just one video played over the other. And just, you Go try find it if you can. It's one of the the actual F one itself has it up. It's so cool, like the the driving lines, the the, the racing lines they use, identical. Just 2019's car had so much more power and so much more grip, and and so much better braking. And when you look, it, they're they're both on boards like, and when you see how much more Senna has to work at the wheel and has to work for his lap compared to a modern-day Formula 1 car. It's it's so cool. Honestly, go find it if you can. It's it's, it's, it's epic now, that's the truth. But, yeah. Um, how, do you know, just, just to put it up there with other iconic moments at Suzuka, Max Verstappen wins the world title this early with a Honda engine in Japan. Mm. Surely it's written in the stars. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think I, I'm I'm up the correction on this, but there was a big thing about bringing it to Japan in the first place from a marketing point of view, or at least there was a theory out there going back all those years. 
and now look at how it's changed. Like you had the, uh, you know that that particular reason, I suppose, um, it it did become a success in that regard, and then they go and hit, I suppose, the Middle East with Sonya Reyes over there, and now the next step on the evolution ladder is obviously the United States, where Drive to Survive has obviously done an awful lot for it, and all the while it's incrementally moving. Some people would argue, probably maybe maybe not in a good direction. What you know, what way do you see it? Because the difference, in my opinion, between it going to Suzuka and maybe going to some of those other places is that that's a very enjoyable racetrack. And some of these other ones are, like, you could barely even call them racetracks. Like. So they're not racetracks half them. They're, they're circuits, like. Not really, like, I mean, listen. The street circuits. Probably going to, I don't know what way it's going to sound, but, like, I, I'd be more of a, a purist fan, as in, I I'm strongly believe that there's, 10 to 15 circuits there that should permanently put on an F1 calendar and not be budged off it, like Suzuka being one of them, you know. Bah, Silverstone. All these iconic, like Monza. All these iconic tracks, but they're just to name a few. Um, going to America thing, yeah, that's your big market employee from F1. and You can understand why they want to hit that market is massive, massive money. Um, if I was a Drive to Survive fan, which I am, I would love the fact that F1 was heading towards America because the drama that is Drive to Survive will just intensify and become more of a soap show than what it already is. Whereas the purest in me, the pure F1 fan, Listen, I no problem with them doing two, three races, four races in America. Fine, absolutely, but that would not be at enough. The of, not at the expense of, um, you know, iconic places that no. should never be taken off. Certainly actually, not. Certainly what I'll not. actually do on this note is I'll run down through the full calendar, which we did share on our social media um, maybe a couple of weeks back now, I suppose, at this particular point, but dates and all. So, obviously, uh, pre-season testing, 23rd of Feb, but off the Bahrain, March 5th. Saudi Arabia, March 19th. Australia, April 2nd. China, 16th of April. 30th of April, Azerbaijan. 7th of May, Miami. 21st of May, back to Imola. The 28th of May, Monaco. 4th of June, Barcelona and Spain. Uh, Montreal then, two weeks after that, on June 18th. Then you go to Spielberg on July 2nd. Silverstone, July 9th. Budapest, the 23rd of July. The 30th of July, Spa, and what a relief it is to see Spa still on it. Uh, the yeah. 27th of August then, back to the Dutch Grand Prix. The 3rd of September, Monza. 17th, Singapore. Suzuka, the week after, 24th of September next year. Uh, October 8th, uh, Qatar. 22nd of October, back to Texas. Uh, the 29th, Mexico. 5th of November, back to Brazil. The 18th of November, Las Vegas, it's mad to just read that. You'd nearly think there's some sort of weird video game bonus track after been thrown in here, but it's actually happening. And then 26th of November, Abu Dhabi. So, uh, yeah, that's the that's the crack with the calendar. And I mean, if you go down through it, like, if, if Spar goes off that, it's an absolute mortal sin, right? But you go down, you, you go down through it, and there's as many circuits there or racetracks, or whatever you want to call them, that you probably wouldn't be as 
you know, keen on as as there is ones that you will be keen on. But do you know what, Richie? We're still going to sit down and watch it anyway. So maybe we shouldn't really go into this too much. That's just the long and short of it. But we will go back to Suzuka and just some, I suppose, form on the last five races there. Sebastian Vettel won 2019. Lewis Hamilton winning in 2018, 2017. Nico Rosberg winning in 2016 and 2015. So uh, it's unlikely that... Uh, you would probably say unlikely, but not impossible, that uh, Hamilton will, will win at the weekend. It's probably fairly unlikely that um, Vettel will win. Nick Rosberg's definitely not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I it, it's probably worth giving Lewis Hamilton a fair bit of credit here, right? Because last time out, like he was known for producing magic moments in Singapore regardless. But I feel now He's getting near enough the best out of that car, I think. He's really come into his own. And, uh, you know, regardless of, of what, what happened or what didn't happen on race day or whatever, to, to see the laps that that man was putting in uh, prior prior to race day, phenomenal. And probably enough there to suggest that, you know, can can he probably go and challenge here? Can can he go and win? I, I would say, why not? Yeah, um, he certainly gradually, probably took him a little bit longer than, than George, but he seems to have gradually gotten a handle on this car, and uh, especially in those damp conditions, you know, Jesus, he 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 was mighty, you know, he drove fierce well. Um, listen, it's, it's it's like you put Hamilton in a Williams. Can you really rule him out anyway? Like regardless, he 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 can't be ruled out regardless. Um, the fact that they have a, they're getting a bit of a handle on this car, and he would be, you know, he'd be relishing Suzuka now. He, you know, one of one of his circuits. He'd be really relishing this. He'd be ultra confident coming into it. Of course, you couldn't write him off. Do I think he's going to win it? No. Do I think he could be in the top three? Maybe. Um, but that's just my toss. It's not. Of course, he could win it. You could just write Hamilton off at your peril, basically. Hmm. In terms of, I suppose, race times and practice times, this is not the most convenient for Irish F1 fans or anyone over this kind of side of the world, right? But I'll run down through the, the timings in our time anyway. Tomorrow morning, free practice one, 4 to 5 a.m. We won't see that one, Richie, you know, I think. Uh, <laughs> I might do. <laughs> uh, free practice two. 7 to 8.30. Then Saturday morning, again, 4 to 5, FP3. Qualifying 7 to 8, that's not too bad. And you know what? 6 a.m. on Sunday morning isn't the worst either. I was thinking it was going to be a little bit crazier. But I say that in terms of if our local GA team happened to win a county final on Saturday, we'll probably be only halfway into a party at 6 a.m. <laughs> so it might work out all right indeed, Richie. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm nearly 100% sure the last time Michael Schumacher won there, I actually watched that race when I got home from the foundry. So, we'll be grand. <laughs> I'd say you don't remember a whole lot of it somehow or another, do you? <laughs> no, I just remember he won all right. That's both sides of it. Yeah, yeah. That's the crack. Richie, I think we've, we've covered a nice bit of ground in fairness. Is there anything else yeah. that we need to get to? Uh, just once more, just want to congratulate you on a great interview, Kevin. Absolute smashing job. Um, put our little podcast on the map after that one, buddy. Thanks, William Richie, and thanks for your contribution and Barry's contribution as well this year. It's a, 
it's a three piece. It's uh, a, I don't know if you call it a three piece band, but we, we we try to entertain anyway. And uh, actually, last week, Richard, we went back to number one in the charts, or the week before in the Apple Podcast charts. Why aren't we mentioning that? That should have been one yeah, of the first sure things. There's um, one last thing to mention. I don't know how Barry didn't scrape his way in in the bottom of Lee McKenzie's book. Yeah. Rumor has it. Rumor has it that um, he might be in touch with her to say, like, what's the story? I don't know. No, I've just heard this. But you know what? It's probably a story that stacks up as much as some of those ones that we've referenced earlier about what's going to happen on Monday and about different lads signing. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's more likely, anyway, we know for certain, Richie, it's more likely that the Vrie would be uh, ending up at Alpha Tower than it is for Barry to be in that book. That's just one thing. For yeah, somebody. that's probably a much more <laughs> certainty, all right, in fairness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I really do calculate these comments, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the book is behind me, might be a giveaway. But anyway, Richie, that is the story. Thanks a million. And looking forward to catching up with you again. Thanks, Kev. Take care, man. Thank you. And a shout out to PFT Travel and Rapco, our uh, sponsors of the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram at irishf one Show. Uh, if you are a listener on Spotify or on Apple, uh, the follow button does help. And if you can manage to scroll on to the bottom and hit the five stars, lads, it works wonders for us as well. If you're a listener or a viewer on YouTube, just hit the subscribe button and hit notifications and you'll know when we're going live the whole time. So that's the story. We'll have the audio up very, very shortly. Looking forward to a cracking weekend in Japan. Will Max Verstappen wrap it all up? We will review it all next week. 